Hello and welcome to Unforsip's monthly podcast, Out Loud. My name is Ersin Oztoyjan and today we will be focusing on the issue of irregular migration, a global issue that is also challenging our colleagues at the United Nations Refugee Agency here in Cyprus, as well as us at Unforsip as custodians of the buffer zone. So without further ado, I would like to introduce our colleagues, Emilia Strovolidou, who is the Communications Officer at UNHCR in Cyprus, and UNPASIP's Deputy Police Commander of Sector 2, David Buckley. Welcome, Amelia and David. To start our conversation, and for the benefit of our listeners, many people are unfamiliar with the terminology used when referring to migrants. Can you talk to us a little bit about the definition and explain why the word choice matters? Of course, and thank you for flagging this from the very beginning of our conversation, because indeed terminology uh, is very important in this discourse. You know, these are terms that are being used interchangeably, uh, while in fact they have a distinct meaning. And this creates uh, confusion and it, uh, it can dilute the importance of the specific protection that the refugees need and are entitled to. So starting from the term uh, illegal migrant, uh, it's a negative term that alludes to crime and something bad. So no person, no human uh, being is illegal. Uh, Even when one commits an offense, uh, we don't label uh, them as illegal. And calling migrants illegal denies their dignity and human rights. These are some of the reasons that uh, several UN agencies, including UNHCR, as well as European institutions, call for the use of the term irregular migrant or undocumented migrant uh, instead of illegal. Now, as concerns the terms uh, refugee and migrant, again, they are used interchangeably, while there is a crucial difference between the two because there is a specific protection afforded to refugees. So refugees are specifically defined and protected in international law. They are people uh, who are outside their country of origin because they fear persecution or conflict or violence or other circumstances that have seriously disturbed public order. And as a result, they require protection. So their situation is often so perilous and intolerable that they are forced to uh, cross national borders to seek safety in nearby countries and therefore they become internationally recognized as refugees. And because of this specific predicament, international law recognizes the right of everyone to seek and enjoy uh, asylum that is enshrined in Article 14 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Now, of course, we need to recognize that in our era, people, um, they are on the move for different reasons. This is the so-called mixed migration phenomenon. Um, These are people traveling together usually in in an irregular manner, uh, and they are traveling uh, for different reasons. There are people who are fleeing war uh, or persecution. They are... uh, refugees, people who deserve international protection, and there are also other people who are, um, who are leaving their countries for other reasons, for uh, um, to improve their living conditions, to find uh, um, uh, work or uh, better education in other countries. And 
these people are usually not recognized as um, uh, as refugees they are migrants so uh, migrants of course they are uh, also protected by the international human rights law but they don't have the the same rights the specific rights that the refugees what i want to underscore here also is that they are also entitled to protection migrants um, uh, for some failure to uh, accord them the human rights protection can have serious consequences they might be people who are being trafficked they uh, might be unaccompanied or um, separated migrant children and may have particular needs for protection and assistance uh, even if they are not necessarily refugees uh, as UNHCR we fully support approaches to migration uh, management that respect the human rights of all people on the move. And Cyprus is also faced, of course, with mixed uh, migration movements and is one of uh, Europe's frontline states with increasing migratory pressures. But it is important to note that among those arriving are people fleeing conflict and persecution uh, who are in need of international protection. Thank you, Amelia. And in such cases, how is UNHCR supporting these individuals here in Cyprus? I'm sure it's not an easy path when someone decides to leave their home country, right? Indeed, uh, that's a spot-on observation uh, because let's all recall that no one chooses to become a refugee. Uh, they are people uh, forced from their homes and countries because of war or persecution and they are victims of situations uh, that are beyond their control and uh, usually refugees are faced uh, with a dilemma to stay or leave while fearing for their lives they may decide to stay hoping that the war will end uh, or an oppressive regime will fall and uh, it's a difficult uh, dilemma to make, considering also the risks involved in fleeing their country. They will usually resort to human uh, and uh, people smugglers and human traffickers and risking their lives and that of their children on, uh, uh, you know, on unsafe boats or hidden in uh, trucks and lorries cramped with other people for days and nights uh, in their quest for peace and safety and a dignified life. This is what we hear from, mm -hmm. from people. In these situations, so the, the states uh, bear the primary responsibility uh, for the international protections of people fleeing war and persecution. And that is also the case uh, in Cyprus. So our role, um, as in most countries, is to work with governments advising uh, and supporting uh, the governments as needed to implement their responsibilities to towards persons fleeing war and persecution so our support to the refugees start from the moment that they apply for asylum in cyprus so how would that tra uh, support translate in the context of our uh, mandate of our role First of all, to ensure that uh, access to the asylum uh, process and the reception conditions as prescribed by the law that call for dignified living conditions while asylum claim is being processed. Our role is mainly uh, advocacy and monitoring of the living conditions of asylum seekers and refugees and to work together with the government to 
address shortcomings and better protect refugees and asylum seekers. We also advocate for identifying vulnerable asylum seekers the soonest upon their arrival, uh, also for fast and fair asylum processes. We also call for the integration of people found to be in need of international protection and in that regard we are promoting good practices in relation to policies and measures that support the effective integration of refugees into the social, economic and cultural fabric of uh, the Cypriot society, including advocacy for naturalization, long-term residence permits and family reunification. Thank you, Amelia. Now, uh, David, from a peacekeeper's perspective, what are the types of activities you and your colleagues monitor during the patrols within the buffer zone? Does it include looking for people who enter irregularly in the area? Yeah, it does. Um, well, effectively, all United Nations police officers and our military colleagues are patrolling the buffer zone seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and we're looking to see any movement in the buffer zone. Any person that's observed in the buffer zone is interacted with, is spoken to. Persons are all obviously authorised to be in the buffer zone. However, if it's a person who's not authorised and if uh, an officer believes it's to be or irregular migration, then we will interact with them. We'll find out as much information from them and we'll find out their circumstances. So the activities wise, it would tend to be targeted patrols in certain areas. They may be on foot, they may be in vehicles, it may be police officers patrolling on their own or jointly with military uh, officers. In relation to this particular activity, patterns have been identified across the buffer zone and particular hotspots for irregular migration have been identified. When such areas are identified, we will concentrate more patrols in the area while still maintaining a presence across the buffer zone and also the use of CCTV can be used um, to identify this behaviour. We tend to take a proactive patrol uh, approach as opposed, as opposed to a reactive approach. We just we're looking for any movement in the area. We will in, interact with the people and I suppose for this for our activities to be effective we need a cross component cooperation be it from United Nations police officers, military and also civil affairs and collectively across the buffer zone we will work closely together. We liaise very closely with the police forces both north and south to, to try and address this issue and also we liaise very closely with UNHCR when any such incident is detected or encountered we will gather as much information as possible and we link in with UNHCR. Because the buffer zone is such a sensitive area, such activity can bring high risk to the people who are attempting to cross buffer zone and that has resulted in people uh, being injured and requiring uh, medical treatment. So that's, it's, an, it's an activity we're trying to remove because of, of the sensitive area and yeah exactly well. yeah yeah it's for their health and safety yeah. because it is a very sensitive area and um, people have been injured attempting to cross uh, to go for some. yeah i think our listeners will be interested to hear about i mean you mentioned some of the procedures of the, the mission hmm. has in place for irregular migrants so once a migrant has been identified 
what would be the missions procedure? What exactly? Uh, well, yeah, so once we identify a person in this circumstances, we'll try and gather as much information from the person or persons. Uh, all officers are very respectful of anyone we encounter and we'll be very sympathetic to each case. While speaking with them, we'll uh, have a look at documents and try and gather as much information where that person has traveled from, where they're hoping to travel to, try and find their circumstances, why they're trying to get across the, circum uh, the buffer zone, try and identify the entry point into the buffer zone, how they gained entry. Is it an organized crossing? Is it just one person acting on their own? Uh, we'll try and uh, gather as much information in relation to that. We, on a daily basis, we liaise very closely with all agencies involved in this activity and that is part of our procedures. If we interact with someone, we will commence the liaison straight away, be it with UNHCR, be it with our military colleagues, civil affairs, or the local police forces. Should any person that we interact with inform us that they're claiming asylum, then procedures are different. We interact with CIPOL and the procedure commences immediately. A regular migration and asylum seekers are dealt with completely different. And all incidents that we encounter are reported internally within the United Nations and also to UNHCR and all supports and assistance are sought from all the agencies and it's a collective effort. It's not just one uh, agency acting on its own, it's a collective effort trying to address the matter uh, and trying to help the people that we encounter as well. That's like our first priority is to make sure that if we have a concern for anyone's health or safety, uh, we will get whatever supports we can. If there's a language barrier, which there tends to be, we will use any interpreter or translator available to us. And also a lot of our officers are fluent in different languages, so they can be called upon in the hours of darkness. We will use our own officers if needs be. Thank you, David. Amelia, what happens once UNHCR is informed of the irregular migrant? Yeah, well, uh, our role um, kicks in when a, an irregular migrant applies for asylum. Mm -hmm. So from the moment the person expresses their wish to apply for asylum or expresses fear for their lives if uh, returned in the country of origin, well, at that moment onwards, this person is no longer an irregular migrant and becomes an asylum seeker who needs to have access to the asylum process and to the reception conditions and all the rights that are attached to the status of, the, of an asylum seeker, which means to have their story needs assessed and if found to be in need of international protection, to be afforded a safe haven and protection, including support to stand on their own feet. So if an asylum seeker is not admitted into the uh, process, into this asylum process and to the reception conditions, uh, UNHCR will intervene with the Cyprus, uh, Cyprus authorities to asking to the authorities to allow them access to, to the asylum process. And that would mean uh, people who are found in the buffer zone um, to, to cross, to be allowed to, to, to cross and be routed to the first reception centre in Purnara to have their, uh, their asylum claims registered. In those cases uh, where UNFTC uh, is approached by 
asylum seekers. Um, they will refer them to the Cypriot authorities uh, within the areas controlled by the Republic, and namely to the nearest police uh, station, which are obliged by the national refugee law to facilitate access to the asylum process. Thank you both for joining me today and sharing with us your experiences. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed the conversation. That brings us to the end of this edition of Out Loud podcast. Until next time, stay safe.